The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. This is the spin-off with an emergency podcast. The Prime Minister of New Zealand, John Key, has today announced his resignation as Prime Minister. He addressed a packed, what was it, Beehive Theatre this afternoon to announce that in seven days he will rescind the Premiership. Premiership. (laughs) Premiership, you can call it Premiership. um, We're all a bit staggered, we're all a bit shell-shocked. I've got with me here Ben Thomas. Hello, Ben. Hello. Hayden Donnell. Hello, Hi. Hayden. Oh, me. oh my God. <laughs> and we What's might happening? even... We my might world even, is upside down. We might even have Annabelle uh, Lee on the phone. Um, we're hoping we can get her on the phone um, because uh, uh, she's otherwise unavailable uh, to come to our studio. And it's kind of, I think, a tribute to this, this humble podcast, which is called Gone by Lunchtime. John Key was gone... At lunchtime. So, so prescient. Um, but uh, incredibly, unusually, uniquely in many ways in modern times, of his own volition, Ben. It, it really is extraordinary. Um, you, you, there's a saying, in everyone leaves politics a loser. And up until now, that's been the case. Uh, Helen Clark was prime minister for three terms and left with the ignominy of defeat in 2008 uh, to try and reconstruct a humble career at the United Nations. Um, this this really is just absolutely unprecedented, although, again, um, perhaps entirely predictable when you look back at John Key, who, who has that sort of tenacious winning spirit that we wish the, the All Blacks and the Black Caps always had, of where he just can't even comprehend losing, you know, 55 years on earth without losing anything. Do you think, Hayden, that this is going to be bad for New Zealand sports teams now they've lost their talismanic figure? Well, I do think that a lot of the All Blacks were very inspired by John Key, and, they, and you did see that in their tweets at the last election, where they said, please vote for him, he's the only reason why. That's right, flouting yeah. electoral law. That was actually flouting electoral law. I mean... I'd like to quote another famous famous quote, and it's from uh, Batman. Uh, mm. You mm. you either die a hero or you live to see yourself become the villain. Whoa! <laughs> oh, and so that I, really, know. Yes. I just thought that applies to John <laughs> Key. That is that is uh, both an epitaph and an epigram. <sighs> thank you, Toby. I don't know what either of those words mean, but thank you. Thank you, thank you. This morning it was announced that the normal press conference that uh, John Key gives on a Monday afternoon post-cabinet press conference was being brought ahead 
to 12.45 and there was a bit of speculation. I issued some odds in which I said there was a a 55 to 1 chance that the announcement would be that he saw the pr- a preview for Moana and quite liked it. Slightly better than an 80 to 1 chance that he would announce he was standing down before the next election. And part of the reason that that seems so unlikely, Ben, is because though people have speculated here and there and for some time about when he might go, whether he would call it himself, no one was talking about it around the traps, were they? No, that's right. I mean, we've seen the polls tightening over the past uh, few months and they've tightened in a way which suggested that the outcome of the next election would either be national governing with the Māori Party and with ACT or national governing with New Zealand First. Mm. So there was no sense at all um, that he was in any real jeopardy um, except to the extent that you would call having to work with Winston Peters jeopardy. And you know, and, and, and that's not something you could rule out in, in terms of the sort of matrix of factors. Yeah. Which For those who couldn't yeah. see, Ben did the little quote marks around the word tightening. Air quotes. Air quotes. The, the air quotes around yeah. the word tightening that's on true. the polls. The, th- the crazy thing about him actually stepping down is that early on, when he was just sort of starting out and he was sort of fresh-faced and he didn't look 400 years old, he everyone used to talk about him maybe stepping down while he was ahead because he has that kind of currency trader thing, you know, you buy low... And you sell high. He and, never. He and, and, he, he and always goes was, out on top. It was seen as a bit of a bucket list thing for him. There was a, there was a bit, one of the great puzzles of John Key is why he's doing it at all. Because, mm. or to put it another way, one of his great strengths is that it doesn't seem to be everything in his life. You know, like he seems, despite working extraordinarily hard, obviously he seems as though it doesn't burden him the way well, it he, does. He, he many said people that in those positions. it was after the UN that he you know, after speaking to the Security Council and in terms of, you know, his role on the world stage as a leader, oh. that really was probably the pinnacle. Oh. Um, you know, there, there's still things he enjoys a lot. You, you can actually, you can just see it on his face. He loves meeting royals. He loves glad-handing at international events. Um, but perhaps there wasn't a lot left for him, you know, to do in the remaining sort of 20 years odd that he had left in his natural life as Prime Minister. Well, I guess, <laughs> I mean... I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't want to make light of it, but Donald Trump hardly seems like the next rung on the ladder in terms of social climbing and international diplomacy, does he? It wouldn't have been as pleasant a meetup on the golf course in Hawaii, but maybe he would have made the best of it. Maybe I don't know. What do you guys think? What's what? What are your what are your odds on on the reasons for him stepping down? I well, think that most people say family. Winston Winston is saying that Winston Peters, who is the leader of the, uh, the New Zealand First Party, is saying. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's saying that there was a sort of a some enormous dark, dark economic news. Yeah, an economic maelstrom rippling over the horizon, about to destroy the country, and so the, he's that only Key and Scarpa knew about. Yeah, which, <laughs> which sounds a bit like something you could find on the internet if you looked long and hard enough. And there are a few other. Conspiracy theories. I don't think Winston's been there. on the internet. If that's what you're trying to say. Well, no. If you did, I mean, look, he has people. Look, I'm going to join. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, house prices in Auckland went down 1.1 percent this month uh, or last month. Uh, News just came out. Did it? Maybe the housing apocalypse they is coming. It. Maybe Key foresaw it. Do you think he has an algorithm, and they just yeah. waited for everything, and that is the perfect storm. He's he like, says 1.1% drop in housing prices. Well, let, let, it's time. Let, let's not discount the New Zealand's foremost journalistic sources. Uh, I think the Daily Blog, mm, the Standard, mm, mm-hmm. floating a number of alternative theories. 
um, that there was a, a book coming out which would have ended Key's career. Yes. Key doesn't uh, have any scandals record have of, of withering book scandals. Key, <laughs> Key can't, can't deal with a book scandal. That is, a, that is one truth that we've learned. Sorry, We're talking about Eleanor Cadden. Yeah, yeah, Eleanor yeah. Cadden, all of them. Fictional author Eleanor Cadden was, um, according to several high-level sources, uh, blackmailing John Key for several months now. And this resignation is the culmination of this vicious, vexatious uh, campaign. Incredible. I expect our site to be crashing any moment now mm-hmm. with this news. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so we've had, we've had all, these, all these conspiracy theories, but it seems pretty much like, unless you want to subscribe to one of them, you know, who knows what might come out in the wash, that he has done this thing of going on his own accord. Um, and he's also, at the same time, Anointed his successor, sort of, perhaps. In, insofar as he's issued this this big endorsement, he's more or less directed his caucus, or he won't say it that way, to back Bill English. But Bill English, Bill English, did not say he was sure he was going to go for it. You watched the press conference, Ben. He he looked like one of the less happy contestants on my Super Sweet Sixteen, mm. sort of receiving the car they didn't really want or weren't too sure about. Um, he he didn't throw himself wholeheartedly into the endorsement. He said he'd have to talk to the caucus um, and presumably his family, who are important to him, Maybe before Mike he made Moore? his name <laughs> made his mind up. And uh, and he said, you know, that the same reasons that Key was stepping down, you know, with the same sorts of things that would apply to him. You know, he's been finance minister for eight years, yeah. um, spokesman for 10. Yeah. One he's name been that in parliament people, since 1991. I mean, um, yeah, it'll, pro- it'll probably be him, right? I feel like he didn't know that Key was going to say it. It's almost like Key was asked a question like, what do you think of Bill English? And Key was like, oh, yeah, I'd vote for Bill English. Like, that was kind of how I, he phrased I, it. I it wasn't like, I am endorsing. It wasn't like Helen Clark endorsing Phil Goff. It was like... Oh, I guess I'd vote for him if uh, no, no. He had up. to make it. He had to say it's up to the caucus. It's up to the caucus. It's up to the caucus. But this guy here, Bill English, looks really good. If <laughs> you want to hold this party together and not for, for it not to completely fucking atrophy within two days. But it didn't look like Bill English had been kind of consulted on this. That was odd. ringing endorsement. Bill English was like, "Holy crap! I got to speak yes. now because apparently everyone thinks I'm the new national yes. party leader." It, ah. it, um, uh, he he had apparently been briefed in September. He was the only one that he, he said that he spoke this. to him about the possibility of right. stepping down. But I suspect that the final the final decision was uh, came to him much more latterly. Maybe it was a, maybe they were out in the raz and stuff, and it wasn't. It just slipped. Yeah, his mind. just like oh, on the on the hoon out out in bloody Wellington. Oh, you reckon he stepped down? Um, here's is, a name though, oh, Amy Adams. Yes, Amy Adams is possibly discussed. I don't think that. I don't think, I, and, and I could be proven wrong within hours, let alone days, that assuming that Bill English does what the Prime Minister wants him to do, which is to take it on, even if only on a caretaker basis until the next election, I don't see anyone else challenging him who's a serious candidate. Do you think? No, ben, I, th- I think if maybe puts his head in the ring... It will be fairly well understood. Uh, that's part of the uniqueness of Key stepping down in the way that he has, is he actually has a mandate <clears throat> to appoint his successor. He's not leaving because of satisfaction amongst the caucus or the public. Uh, he's leaving on his own terms. He's still got a better connection to the voters, and I think all of his MPs realise that. 
Um, does throw up a few questions, though. If, if, if you're looking for a generational change, you know, you might think now is the time I have to act if I'm a, if I'm a, a sort of wannabe future National Party leader. In, in Labour, you know that you'll get another turn in yeah. 18 months or so, but... <laughs> It, <laughs> it becomes a bit more pressing to time well, the run right. Well, I think. I mean, I, I, I mean, if you, so, 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 Bill English tonight is having conversations with the caucus and with his family. Presumably, the questions he will be mulling over himself. Uh, if he does it, does he either say, "I'm going to see it through"? To victory? No, he can't do that. He has to say he will see it through at least to the end of the next term. To, right? to the next whether, term. Whether or not that happens, and whether or not he is then subject to challenges. Don Brash can't challenge him again unless something miraculous On the other happens. hand, that would be a terrific cap to, to a pretty amazing parliamentary sure. career. Sure. You know, he's been a fantastic finance minister and you know a sort of desultory four years in the top job uh, would be a pretty nice Assuming that he made it. it that far without there being some breakdown. I mean, look, the truth is that, that, that we all know that the National Party looks like this incredibly cohesive unit because it is for the most part, because they're winning, because John Key keeps them winning. As soon as that starts to break up, how how dramatically and how suddenly it's hard to say right well, i mean there are lots of there are there i mean i mean one of the prime minister's most beloved phrases is a range of views there are a range <laughs> of fucking views in that national caucus are there not yeah as you were saying off air before <laughs> oh. toby you were saying that the, the you actually believe oh dear just this is a revelation to our our listeners you actually believe that the, um, the, 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 the divergence of opinion between uh, the right and the left of national is actually wider than the divergence of opinion oh. between the right and the left of Labour. Oh, Do you well, stand by that view I, that you I expressed think, earlier I, today? I think the ideolog- ideologically, the span of uh, opinion in the National Party is as wide as it is in the Labour Party. Yeah, oh, I look, I, I think right now you'd say it's probably wider in the sense that they occupy more of the political spectrum. You know, they occupy the right way up to act and David yeah. Seymour. They All the way to soft de- left. They take the centre and <laughs> then they take over the soft left. So, you know, but sort of as a logical necessity, there's huge variation um, within the caucus. Isn't that kind of Key's greatest legacy that he's just annexed, like, nearly all the political space in New Zealand? achievement. I mean, in terms of... A tr- in, in terms in terms of triangulation, mm. you know, the, the kind of lesson learnt from Blair, Clinton to some extent and others is, that's not Hillary Clinton, that's her, her, um, her husband, mm. Bill, the, 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 way, the extent to which he's stuck those poles down in territory, in, in enemy territory, has been incredibly impressive. Yeah, as, as Rob Hosking from the NBR said, we've come to think of this as normal and it's not. Yeah. He's been a stellar performer in that respect. So, well, I mean, can we speak about the left wing kind of uh, 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 my comrades on the left uh, are howling in delight Who what, about what? John Key stepping oh, down? My, I mean, it sounds like yeah, there's, a, there's air, a bit of a love fest in here in this little pod room, but they're howling delight. I just can't quite get behind it personally because, well, for, for, for one thing, I'm I'm. I'm not sure where the next progressive left-leaning national leader is coming from. I think that that's I think there's a def- definite danger of being careful what you wish it. for, and for the, the sorts of uh, people on the left who go, "Hooray, he's gone." Um, it's not the witch is dead because he was—he's never really a Thatcher-type figure. But uh, in terms of your kind of moderate centrist national prime ministers. Bill English will continue in a similar vein if he does take over. But beyond that, 
it's hard to see how you would have a future national leader that doesn't doesn't in some way gravitate towards a more traditional right-wing position. Am I wrong or am I right, Ben? I think you're right, but what that means is that there's more of a chance Labour can win. Um, t- tribalists tend to see it in pretty binary terms. Can we get into government? Little, can we... Like, have, you, I, have you had I, a look at him? I have. I've seen the rug. I've probably mm. seen more of Andrew Little than anyone needs to. I mean, in some ways, it's as simple as this, um, uh, which is a point I've made in a, a piece you can read on the spin-off website. Good underground website. Uh, where Ben Thomas also has a piece, and Hayden Donnell is probably working something up right now, uh, which is that... the. In the, in the next election next year, there will be more conjecture and debate about the leadership of the National Party than there will about the leadership of the Labour Party, almost certainly. And that alone is pretty staggering. The don't whole, the whole game's changed. Don't underestimate the Labour Party, though. You know, you, they, they, they've always got a leadership change up their sleeve. You never know. <laughs> One of the challenges... That's right, but, they're fighting on home turf now, yeah. which is <laughs> like, uncertain leadership, <laughs> a fuzzy sense of any of even the medium-term future. The other part of this, which is a challenge for whoever succeeds John Key, whether it's Bill English or one of those other, whether it's an A.B. Adams or a Paula Bennett or a Judith Collins or even a Simon Bridges, if I left anyone else off that list... Um, Jamie Lee Ross is obviously an outside chance there. Uh, Let's uh, not write anything off in 2016. That's true. (laughs) Uh, The challenge is to be to lead a coalition. And I don't, I mean, there's obviously, we've talked about the the coalition within the party, which I think is the main one. But also, let's not forget that without even getting started on New Zealand first, the Māori Party have remained pretty stalwart in their support. And that is in large part because John Key has had the political leadership ability to keep them, notwithstanding a few hiccups, in the tent. Yeah, I think that's the, hard. The, right? the linchpins for the Māori Party relationship are really Bill English and Chris Finlayson. So Key has showed has shown remarkable leadership. You know, a very inclusive kind of government to have the Māori Party as a sort of fixture there, yeah. um, and to keep them, you know, on board. Uh, but he's he's not. That's not really where the heavy lifting takes place in the relationship. So I think if you have Bill go on, um, he's actually the the architect of the sort of modern Crown Māori relationship, and I don't think you'd lose a lot there. Um, Bill tends to be a little more suspicious of um, the far right, you know, in terms of terms of act, but he has a good relationship with Seymour. So I think. I don't think you'd lose too much there, but with some of the other contenders or possible contenders, you definitely would. Okay, I'm just trying to get Annabelle Lee on the line, um, who who couldn't make it in, but it's not really the same without her. I mean, you're great, Hayden. That was. Kia ora, Annabelle Lee. Annabelle for a quick response. That's not here. Was it not even here? Is it the wrong number? <laughs> no, that's Annabelle. At the tone, I can't really your hear message. or connect because I've got my headphones on. Yeah, um, no, it's her. Hi, Annabelle, it's Toby here. Um, could you give us a call back? <laughs> <laughs> this is a good uh, podcast. Hey, good. But, I mean, the other thing with Bill English is that he's more socially conservative than Key is. I was going to say was, but Count John Key still exists. I mean, Bill English is a Catholic. He has 18,000 children. He opposes I th- I gay think marriage and point. abortion, yeah. that kind of thing. I mean, that's a big change. With with the marriage equality, it wasn't a National Party bill. It was a private member's bill, Louisa Wall. But Key shepherded that into existence by saying, yeah, it's fine. 
that was a signal to all of his MPs to support it, and it removed it from the realm of political controversy. People just trust Key. If Key says it's no big deal, the media takes that cue and says this is not something we really need to worry about. You know, in a bad way, you see that with things like the Saudi sheep deal, um, possible abuse of the OIA um, with secret with the intelligence services. But it's pretty good for sort of reassuring the electorate. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the media at the time... The media is pretty liberal. The media is pretty liberal. They probably would have just let gay marriage through. Anyway, I don't think... Even without John Key going, it's all right, guys. I think we might have. Kia ora, Annabelle. How are you? Oh, is that Is that working, Josie? Is that coming through okay? Oh, is that, but so does that work or do I need to? I'll take it off. I'm just going to take you off speakerphone. Then, then the others can't hear it, but that's. Well, can they? Yeah, it should come through here. So uh, I don't know if you've caught up with the news. John Key has announced his resignation as the Prime Minister. Have you seen this? No. Um, when? It's true. <laughs> and we were just discussing, Annabelle, how it's going to affect the relationship, for example, with the Māori Party. It'll be, yeah, interesting. My understanding is that they were only told um, minutes before the announcement. Yeah. I think he has really been the, um, you know, he has been the person that has kept their relationship strong and functioning well. And, and although, you know, what I'm hearing from the Māori Party is that it's business as usual and everything will continue um, as it has been, I definitely think that there's going to be an impact mm, mm. on 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 their relationship with the Nats, and even more so in that um, you know National are going to be struggling now, and they're going to be you know facing their own issues, and I, I, I'm not sure that they're really going to be having time to nurture and maintain the relationship with the Maori Party. So, just from that you know, aspect that's definitely going to have a knock-on effect. But I tend to think that actually um, the impacts will be even um, more profound than that. And what about the um, Bill English, who hasn't made his mind up yet, it seems, but um, Ben was just suggesting that the the in terms of the relationship with the Māori Party, Bill English was part of that. Is he is he preferable to some of the other people who have been mentioned in dispatches, like your Judith Collins's, your Paula Bennett's, your Amy Adams's, Simon Bridges's? I would have thought so. I think they probably have a pretty reasonable relationship with um, Stephen Joyce, and of course, um, the Uruguay level nominated Paula Bennett as his proxy in terms of the. Um, Napahi negotiations, which right. he declared a conflict of interest in. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that um, someone like Judith Collins, you know, who is quite a divisive figure, you know, among right-wingers, um, among the Nats, would be um, someone who perhaps they would... Um, you know, n- not have that stronger relationship with that president. I mean, I'm just speculating, but I would have thought that, you know, primarily their relationship would be with Key and English, and so I imagine their preference would be that, you know, that English is the next cab off the rank. So how do you how do you see how do you see John Key's legacy then, Annabelle Lee? Oh, how do I see his legacy? Well, I mean. 
he will all go down as probably our most successful Prime Minister of all time, not in terms of necessarily achieving the things he set out to achieve, like in terms of child poverty, I think it's fair to say he's been an abysmal failure. But in terms of being able to maintain his popularity, to be able to pull National back from the absolute brink of disaster, you know, post 99 when they were absolutely down in the gutter and mm. rebuild them and turn them into a cohesive unit where on the surface at least it appears that there's no um, fractures or factions. I think he's done an incredible job to maintain the popularity with the public, to be able to have really big fat disasters like the New Zealand flag referendum and it not to, you know, ruffle um, his image or his popularity at all is an incredible achievement. So he'll certainly be remembered as one of our most, well, you know, if not one, the most successful Prime Minister mm. we've ever had in that regard. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, Annabelle. It's lovely to hear your voice. You too, Toby. Um, we'll I'm, catch up I, soon. I, I'm, I'm sad I, I haven't got to see your magnificent head of hair today, but you haven't, you haven't what? time perhaps that I haven't got to see your magnificent head of hair. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you did that. You, you did. You on, I uh, saw you on Saturday morning and you hmm. compared me to Peter Dunn, which I was still kind of stewing on, to be honest with you. Hey, you should... Don't be looking down your nose at Peter Dunn's hair, Sunshine. He has a magnif- magnificent head of hair. The best hair in Parliament. All right. Second, perhaps, okay. only Don't stop. Peter's stop. I don't I, know. I didn't, I, I didn't want you to... I actually it's... agree with that, Tobes. Okay, all right. You okay. should be flattered, Toby okay. okay, love you lots. Bye. See you, bye. It's a beautiful mane. He gets mocked, but it's not right. That's not the reason to mock Peter Dunn. It's a beautiful mane of hair, and yours is very similar, and you should be proud of that. Annabelle said one of the most successful ever. Probably fairly uncontroversial to say John Key is the most popular Prime Minister New Zealand has ever had, especially over a... Definitely over a sustained length of time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And he's a guy who likes to be liked. You know, that that would be one of... I guess that's the alternative metric to how long he spent in office, which was what I always thought that he'd want to be judged on. Um, I knew that he would want to be the winner. And I, I think with his announcement he has been Um, it's one thing to want that and to think it and to another thing to do it that's right just take the plunge you know so so many every politician says they'll leave before they're over the over it um and out of touch and and no one ever does i mean you know this as you say this leaves a few problems in terms of his legacy. Um, you don't get to be the most popular prime minister without shelving a few difficult issues, things like superannuation. Um, housing, obviously, will go unaddressed during his term, um, except, you know, a few sort of cosmetic quick fixes, which just seemed to get them into more trouble as they went on. Hmm. Hayden, well, I, I legacy? Think, yeah, I think... I guess, John Key's not I guess, yours. I guess I think that he probably did approach it a little bit like he did his career buying currency in a way when he saw that something was on its way up he backed it he was a very he was a populist but when it came to actually going look this is a moral stand for me this is a moral issue for me and and really providing moral leadership on things out of conviction rather than just sort of a a a sense of what's popular i'm not Hmm. sure he was as good I, i remember just as a little example just 
last year when he was debating whether to take in more refugees following the Syrian refugee crisis. He's like, oh, no, we're not going to do anything. And then it became clear that maybe he should, or that, that it was popular to do something or that it was, then he said, oh, yeah, we will up our quota. And yeah, I guess sometimes it just seemed like that the right thing to do was sitting in front of him and he kind of didn't get it or he didn't feel it. And he didn't really take moral stands on things, but he, I, I, I also don't think that he was a, 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 it's it's good that he wasn't an ideologue in many ways as well. His, his perception was really rooted in that kind of common middle New Zealand ground. Mm. When I was a press secretary in the government, the best advice that I and any of the, my spin doctor friends got was, if you're not sure what middle New Zealand thinks, listen to what the prime minister's yeah. saying, yeah. because he he's got a better read. There's no secret to it. It's just he understands. Yes, I remember uh, talking to people who are in. Um, the Department of the Prime Minister and Cabinet, whatever you call it, you know, that kind of, that group of kind of really the, super the great high old level, ones who high level public policy rule people. in the shadows. Pol- policy analysts. And they, they would say that he just would get it really quickly. And, you know, the idea of him being a bit, a bit of a doofus or whatever, whether performed or not, wasn't the guy you saw. He would just understand something pretty quickly. But I guess the problem is that sometimes Middle New Zealand doesn't quite have the right opinion. <laughs> and I think particularly when it comes to something like housing, that's right. really, we. I mean, they've retained people. Well, the, he was, offering, offering, I mean, incrementalism is a word that I think even key and English have yeah. used. And that in the yeah. end isn't necessarily the best approach to deal with problems that are coming at you in the, you know, many years to come. Yeah. No, but he did... There was significant movement. He did a lot more for Māori and particularly the relationship of Māori with the Crown than you know any previous government has done. I think um, certainly more so than the Labour government, which would probably hold that up as you know more of a priority for itself. Um, he repealed the Foreshore and Seabed Act. Uh, he settled the Tuhoi grievances. Treaty settlements uh, take, take place now at a, a rate about sort of six, five or six times the the rate they did under Labour. Um, and th- those weren't intuitively popular decisions. Um, he did go out on a limb with the Foreshore and Seabed Act on to Uruwera um, to explain those to the New Zealand public. But I think you're right. He was careful that he ne- he never wanted to push it too far or cause too much disquiet at any given point. They were strategically good decisions as well because of his relationship with the Māori Party. I, I mean, no, but, oh, and, but I agree with you that, that he has shown moral leadership in that area. That, that is true. Um, what, what, uh, Jose Barbosa, who's our producer, I saw him just uh, crop up. You're trending on Twitter, Jose. Do you, can you, <laughs> why are you? Why are you trending on Twitter? I'm not, re- I'm not really sure, to be honest. I, I think you, I tweeted something earlier. Yeah, I thought it was. Can you tell us what it was? I thought it was quite a good gag. Uh, I thought it was quite a lame joke at the time, but hey, I guess, you know, well, trends map New Zealand. Yeah, right. Well, that's how, new, how do you think John Key became popular Prime Minister, if not for trending consistently? I just get it, just like John Key, I get it. And what was the gag? Uh, what was the gag? Actually, it's a good, I said, I quoted, quote myself, <laughs> Key, Key is a fucking hero who hasn't got to the first week of December with the good weather starting and thought, fuck it, I'm out. It's <laughs> Jose Barbosa, a legendary producer and friend. And uh, we're done. That's so gone well, by well, time. But well, wait, before oh, no, we do, but while, while we've been talking, Judith Collins has gone on Duncan Garner and said that she's not ruling out putting her hat in the ring. Judith Collins, the breaking news when we 
post this in some time. I don't know when I'm going to be able to relax again. <laughs> I feel like I'm back in Wellington and it's oh aftershock boy. after oh aftershock. Boy. We have now entered the Collins era, and I tell you what, if this leadership is decided based on a paintball tournament, Judith is in. <laughs> so there we have it. Uh, John Key has announced his resignation. Uh, Judith Collins is suiting up for paintball. Ben Thomas has worked his way through the largest can of beer I've seen in my life. And we're excited. We're excited, listeners. We'll come back with a podcast at you very soon. This is Gone by Lunchtime for the spin-off. Goodbye. Is it mad that the world burning is not in our, like, top three concerns? You thought bad news was done, but I'm back with more. In Alice Sneddon's Bad News Saves the World, I finally address the climate crisis and explore why no one cares. Watch it on thespinoff.co.nz. I can see okay. the anxiety starting to emit from you. Talo for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spinoff. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spinoff member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.